0: You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I was pastor for a few years. Involved with uh, leadership in the church for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Doing Bible studies, um, teaching mostly. That's more or less where God had me. Mm. And I, if you, look, if you knew my history from way back, you'd wonder, that's definitely a miracle. Mm. Because being fra- from when I was small, going to school, I was not um, standing in front of people. At all, I would hide. But when I became a Christian, the Lord impressed on me a lot of of uh, to to search, to search, to look, to look, to date to date. and I did. And then from there, I would give, and in giving, I would receive. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal, you know. Great. So, Mark Carroll. Well, <clears throat> Yes, I am nervous. been a while. In the, in the last little while, I've been, you know, doing, being in, involved in church leadership and pastoring or whatever, your heart is always there. Your heart is always wondering the people, the people, the people, like, where are they? What's happening? And, and that kind of stuff. And even coming to church, I love it. And by the way, the worship that we have in this church is phenomenal. It's, it's awesome. Thank God. I pray God blesses Pastor Gord and his team. Because many times when you come to church and you come to even just the worship, and if you come with the worship and you bring all your little altars in life, the revelations and the gifts and everything, in the worship you lay it before us, and you celebrate God. Celebrate God in it all. But, you know, when, in, when I, I used to go to the Seniors' Lodge, and there's something that happened whoa, many, many years ago <clears throat> that really stayed with me and I, I never forgot it. You know, I went there and I had a little message, because the senior Lodge it had to be about a five-minute message because their, uh, their attention is very short, <clears throat> you would lose them. And I, I was talking to this older lady, and I asked her, and I shared with her what, where she was from, and, you know, what's your outlook in life, and she said something. She was 92 years old, and she said something that really stuck. She said, what's the purpose of it all? 92 years wondering, what is this all about? It's the age-old question of, why are we here? What is the purpose? I had the same question, too. I became a Christian at 27 years old. Fired, I was going to save the world. The Lord did mighty works at that time. He showed me many things, many great revelations. Took me on some trips, basically. But in, in the long run, learned a lot. And today, when I look at the church... I wonder, is there a lot of people that are stuck, don't know? What do, what's this all for? What's this whole purpose? What are we here for? And and it's something that really, really in the last little while says, okay, when Pastor Mark asked me to share, I go, okay, I don't really want to go in front of people, but I really feel maybe God wants to say something in and doing that. Not too long ago, uh, he the Lord asked me. He says, uh, you, "You look at the congregation. You look at the church, and is there some people that are stuck?" are they stuck in wondering like you know you got the cross and the, we have the cross and we talk about it easter's coming very important a great celebration and is that all is all what christianity is is just about redemption is saving you if it is once you're saved now what What's this all about? Now what? What are you going to do? So the picture that I, I or share with Mark one time, I was in church here and I was listening to a message and I look at the cross and basically the question was asked, it says, what's behind the cross? What's behind it? What's after? A brick wall? Yeah, there is a brick wall there. But I want to take you to uh, something maybe a little greater, okay? Because it's going to help us. The whole reason that I want to go there is because if you have breath, if you are a human being, there's something that is grand beyond it all. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 to 31, it says, but... It is from him that you are in Christ. Who because who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God and sanctifying, making us holy, setting us apart for God and redemption, proving our ransom from the penalty of sin. So then, as it is written in Scripture, he who boasts and glories, let him glory in the Lord. It sounds like, you know, God has done an, an awful lot. God has done an awful lot for us. Could we say here where Paul, can I stretch you a little bit here? Where it says, where Jesus was made wisdom. Jesus Christ who became to us wisdom from God. All right? Can I say, maybe, that Jesus Christ was a philosophy from God, a way of life, an answer to questions. Could you stretch that far? Because sometimes in, in Christianity, we are scared of the word philosophy. But it's, it's a philosophy we could say. <coughs> could we not say that, okay, Jesus brought a philosophy from God? That is, here the word philosophy would be taken to mean the love of wisdom and has to do with the study and the knowledge of the principle that cause and explain facts and events. And it is. And if, if we look at the cross, if we look at the whole, even the Easter, if we stop at Easter and we look at the, the message of, of Easter, the dying on the cross and everything, it reminds me a bit of a story I heard of, of a little boy, there was a parade going on and, and mom said, you cannot go on the street because it's dangerous. There's going to be a lot of things happening. So he says, you've got to stay on this side of the fence. But it's a six foot fence. And so the little boy is sitting there and he's watching. The only thing he could see, he could watch the parade through, was a knot hole in a fence. So he was just watching and just watching events as, as they were going by. The cross is, and the part of this is an, an event in the big picture. It's one event. So his brother says, hollers out to him, Hey, Billy, why did not you come up here? You can see better from up here. He was on the upper uh, level of the house looking out the window. So little Billy goes up there, and he looks, and he says, I can see what was. I can see what is, and I can see what is to come. So he got a bigger picture. In a sense, Jesus did the same thing. He came at that time at the Passover, at the celebration, but in the years of his ministry, he would explain who God was, the reason for God sending him. There was a lot. I want, we have a limited time, so I'm going to try and go through some of the things. The biggest thing that I want us to learn today is there's a great big picture out there. There's a great big picture that God sent. He sent his son because he so loved the world. This morning when I was doing worship, that... Really came to me and says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. That he gave his son. So I want us to look at this and say, well, how far? How far back should I go? Should I go to my salvation? It's deeper than that. Should I go back to 2,000 years ago when Jesus came on the scene? It's greater than that. This is my water. Yes. Okay. It's greater than that. Should I go back then to the beginning when God created the earth? It's even greater than that. God had a plan. It goes back to the Father's heart. When God decided that he was going to create the heaven and earth. Jesus came on the picture <clears throat> for a reason. But God had a plan from the beginning before, before even the world were created. He had a plan. And then he went ahead to His plan and he started to create. He created the earth. And we, can, we know the story. Then he created man and he put in it And then Adam, he was going to take Adam and he was going to teach him and and make him a son. Make him a son. And so he laid because God is God. He doesn't want us to be puppets or robots. So he gave him the freedom and he says, that tree I don't want you to eat of. He was going to teach him. He was teaching him something. But man fell. He disobeyed. But even at that point, God had already a plan to redeem man. There was already a plan of redemption. Why did God even have a plan of redemption? Because he had a plan for humanity. He had a plan for us all. And he was going to work it. He was going to educate. He was going to show us his philosophy, how to live. In the Old Testament, if you read in the Old Testament, it's a foreshadow, it's a picture of what was to come. In the Old Testament, you had the tabernacle and you had uh, the altar, you had the sacrifices that was going on. Sometimes I wonder, it it mustn't have been that nice a smell. And it's kind of similar today when we're talking about salvation, you deal with a lot of yuck sin and and falling short and troubles and believe me there's a lot of that it's great because you see at the altar there's a sacrifice that was laid and you can take that yuckiness and be washed clean it. okay you can clean it and many people are get to that place of the cross and the sacrifice like if we can take it back to the altar the back to the Old Testament where the, the, the lamb or the, the creature that was to be offered, you would lay your hands hardly on it and impart your sin and your shortcomings, your, your transgressions and on it, and the innocent creature would be sacrificed. And sometimes in a, with, for us in Christianity, that's good enough. My sin is washed away. But I think if I kept coming back to that temple, I would have a, a nudge and a tendency to want to look what's beyond. Because in the inner court, in the, in the second room, there was glory. It was laid with gold, the incense, the laver. But even deeper than that, they couldn't see it. But there was a holies of holies. All right? Sometimes we as Christians, we stay in the knothole. We look at the salvation. We look at the cross. Yes, it's um, important. Definitely it's important. In my life, I have learned. The Lord has taken me through a little further than that to learn. And I haven't gotten all the way, that's for sure, but I'm excited about the trip that I'm on sometimes. (coughs) The outer courts, and sometimes like I, I look at that and I go, you know, I feel sometimes, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But I sense many are stuck there. Many are stuck there. They've got the salvation. The salvation's great. But they don't know what about next step. And when I ask Jesus, in the picture sometimes when somebody says, did you ask Jesus into your heart? Well, what is my heart? And not my ticker. It's, it's not that at all. My heart is my personality. It's my philosophy in life. It's how I judge everything. And you say, can you bring Jesus Christ into your philosophy? So we squeeze a bit. Give him a sliver maybe. Give him a sliver. You know he'll take that. He'll take that. Because I'm reluctant. Jesus said said to his disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will set you free. So I accept that Jesus comes into my life, takes my life, and slowly just shakes it, opens it, opens the picture. All of a sudden, I see. Come to the book of Romans, and He says, Romans chapter 11, verses 33, 36. Oh, the depths and the riches of wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable. Are his judgments, his decisions, and how how unfathomable and untraceable are his ways? For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given him that it would be paid back to him? For from him all things originate. For from him. Paul is saying something. For from God everything originates. Through him, all things exist. And to him, all things are directed. So salvation is from God. God so loved me, he, I fell down and He, I, I was born in darkness. God reached up, brought salvation to me. And the reason he gave me salvation so I could... So that he can, it's for him, through him, now he will work it out. And in the end, to him, it returns back to him. Jesus' prayer in the end. When he Before he left, he said something that there's, it's loaded. It's loaded. It's so loaded that it's, if you can stretch your mind and say, okay, how do I fit in? And where, where do I go? And he says, it, if I can read it real quick. When Jesus had spoken these things, verse, chapter 1, uh, 17, verses. 17. Uh, towards the end of the chapter, when Jesus had spoken these things, he raised up his eyes to heaven and prayed and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Just as you have given him power and authority over mankind, now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to to all whom you have given him. Now this is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you, the one true supreme sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus as Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory and the majesty that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name and revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept and obeyed your word. Now, at last, they know with confidence and assurance that you gave You have given me, what that all you have given me is from you. It is really all truly yours. For the words which you gave me, I have given them. And they received and accepted them and truly understood with confidence and assurance that I came from you, from your presence. And they believe without any doubt that you sent me. I pray for them, I do not pray for the world, but for those you have, give, you have given me because they belong to you. All things that you are mine are yours. Listen, all things that are mine are yours. Yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, yet they are still in the world. I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, the name which you gave, you have given me so that they may be one just as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them and protected them, and not one was lost except the son of perdition, so that the Scripture may be fulfilled. Jesus, at that time, he, he explained what was going on. He was fulfilling the commission. You know, you have heard Paul was saying that God's got an inheritance in the saint. I mean, God's got an inheritance in me. Think of it. God's got an inheritance in you. Individually, you. What is it? I often wondered that question. Why does God have an inheritance in me? To make it short, this is the inheritance that God's got in you. He had a plan from the beginning to create the earth and to have sons. He sent his begotten son so that he could have many sons. That's his plan. He has called you to be his, his inheritance. Because that's how he chose it. He chose that you would be the same as Jesus Christ. That you would be in a place one day that you will reign as kings and priests. Okay? You say, not me. No, no, yes, you. You have life. You have breath. God loves you. He sent his son. You see the cross. We celebrate Easter. We celebrated the communion. And that was the message. God came down to that point. Not to stay there. Not to keep going around in the same circle. He wants you. What is the first thing? What is the first thing that we have after we come to the cross? What is the first thing? John the Baptist says, you know, I baptize you for repentance. But he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I chose a few years ago not to call the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God the third person. Right? So Jesus opens the way so that God, the Holy Ghost, will come into your life. And he will take everything that Jesus was taught, that Jesus was trying to teach us, he will take everything of that teaching and he will try to impart it in our life so that we can become like Jesus. So that God can have an inheritance in us. So this moment that I accepted Jesus Christ and I squeezed him into my philosophy, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shatters that and he starts to open my life. And he starts to teach me and he starts to show me, Jesus says, all these things that I've done, greater things you will do. Why? It's not because of me. Because God wants to. God wants to take that. It's what's in your life. What's in your life? Where are you today? How can God do that in your life today? A few, few days ago, couldn't sleep past two o'clock and all of a sudden, uh, something just came to me through the middle of the night. Life is like, I you don't know, truckers will relate to this. Life is like a truck. God has taken, you know, I'm, I'm 64 years old. My truck wagon's got a lot in it. There's a lot of things in life that have come my way. Okay? Sometimes there's so many things in life in my wagon, in my trailer, in my covered wagon that I'd instead of getting behind the wheel, I'll sit in the passenger seat. I don't want to drive this boat. I don't want to drive this boat. But God gave two things, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of wisdom. And what it is, how he relates, this is how basically he taught, taught me. He said, what happens now with this truck? He says, get back into the wheel, behind the wheel, here we go. I will give you the, the pilot truck ahead, and he will tell you what's coming. And I will give you the Holy Ghost, and he will teach you what to do next. Strange message he gave me. So I sat in the back in a, on the passenger side, on, on behind the wheel, and I said, here we go. He gave me a 600-horse engine to pull my load. It can pull the load. He gave me the power to do it, but he gave me the spirit of knowledge and wisdom. So I send the pilot truck ahead, and he correlates with my co pilot, which is the Holy Ghost. And they relate, and my co pilot relates to me. He says, Down the road, it's clear, let's go. You're free to go. So we're going. It's good. Then all of a sudden, the, the pilot truck warns there's an issue down the road. My assistant my, tells me, Be careful. Be careful here. Watch. Pay attention. This is okay. So we carry through. And you go on. And all of a sudden, we're coming. I, I don't know if, how many guys have been to Fort St. John, but there's some mean hills back there. And it's always that hill. It was the hill, like, by Taylor. And the hill, I'm on top of the hill. And so we're coming to the hill. The co-pilot says there's a hill, steep grade. The Holy Ghost, my assistant, tells me, stop. Check your brakes. you see a sign there on the road. They always says, stop, check your brakes. Reason he wants me to check my brakes, make sure that everything's going good, because I'm going down, the deep, down into the valley, A steep valley, and I don't want to run away. I don't want to crash when I'm going down the hill. So make sure you get your brakes lined up. You're tuned up, ready to hit this hill. Start easy. You can't avoid the hill. You got to go through it. You got to go through the valley. Get through the valley, and then we carry on. And all of a sudden, we get to. Climbing on this other hill, but it's covered with ice. You say, Who? Oh. Now, what do I do? And he tells me, the, My assistant, my God, my Holy Ghost, tells me, Stop, chain up. Well, I say, Well, what's the chain for? It's God's grace to penetrate so I can get a hold of the road so I can climb. The road is there, but I need traction to make sure that I can make it over. So I chain up, climb and get over the hill. That's my walk with Christianity. Where am I going? Where am I going in life? I'm fulfilling his purposes. I want to become a son of God. He's going to teach me how to handle that load that I've got today, the loads that we have today. So, my, my my quest for you us today is would you go past the cross? Maybe we should have that cross over there. Huh? Because when I come to church, I'm already celebrating the victories of my deliverance, the victories of my salvation. When I come into here, I've got the Holy Ghost to celebrate. My calling in life. Hallelujah. How does that relate back to us today? In everything we do, whatever you're involved with, God gives us His wisdom and His knowledge. If we would come to the altar, accept the sacrifice, now He says, Would you do a burnt offering? Oh, am I ready, God, to give a burnt offering? You know what a burnt offering was? It's the sacrifice of the whole thing. It's the burning of all my, oh, my old philosophy. Would I sacrifice that to carry forward? Because God's got a plan for each and every individual here. I chose to walk a little bit down that road. It's not as scary as you think, you know, to see that. But God chose my life, where I'm at, and he says, guide, Mark, I'm going to take you here. We're going to go here. I'll give you a little bit of an insight, just a short little insight. We, we started farming. Who would start farming at 58 years old? It's just kind of ridiculous to the world. But it, it just kind of fell together. And one time, so we put the crop in. And typical, you know, you put the crop in. And, well, first of all, we had to load up some grain out of, the, out of a pile in the middle of the field. And it was a storm coming up. And I go, man, I opened up the pile. What? I don't want it to rain on the, on the crop. And I says, it's okay. I said, okay, God, I, I want to watch this. I don't want no rain. God, can you stop the rain? And I'm watching the clouds, and I go, oh, boy. The clouds came, mist. And then it got dry for a while. I go, oh, that's pretty interesting. Okay, this is my experience. Just my experience. And then later on, and a few months down the road, now, now I needed rain. You know? And the picture says, you know what God remember remember he he created the earth? And he put Adam in it into the garden. And Adam and God would have a visit at the middle of the night. And I, I just assume this, but it says, Can you imagine the chat God would have? You know, they'd be walking. Adam says, You know, you know, we need some moisture here, God. I got this crop grown. It's really beautiful, but I need some rain. okay, good. And it just goes, kind of, whatever. And it kind of related back to me. He it says, it's not what God wants. His sons to glorify him. Just to glorify him. It's from him, through him, and onto him that I am called. So I, this is okay, now I have to learn something. So then I prayed and I go, oh, the clouds are, are missing us now. You see, I see cloud coming on the big hill where we are and I can see the cloud and it's just missing. And I go, whoa, what's going on? And prayed again and, and I was a little bit frustrated. I was a little bit upset and I says, God, we, I prayed, I asked, what's going on here? And God, God kind of rebuked me a little bit. I was blaming God for everything that went wrong. And God says, "Uh, why are you mad at me? I go, okay, I guess I am mad. I don't want to show it. And one thing I learned with God is I don't don't just shoot off my mouth before him. I respect him. And I just, if I'm not happy, I'll keep quiet, but I'm not going to say nothing. God is holy. Almighty. But he asked me, he says, why are you upset with me? And I says, okay, I am. I s- and I says, okay. And he, then he says, well, why aren't you mad at the guy that stops it from coming? Why do I get the blame? And I go, ooh, that's a big one. Remember the study of, of Daniel? When he knew that all of a sudden he needed something and he started to pray and then he prayed for 21 days, the angel come to him and he says, God heard you the minute your meltdown started. He heard you. But I was resisted from the prince and power of the air. The enemy is there to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you've got. He's going to try and steal, kill, and destroy who you are in God. Because he has never had that calling in life to be a son of God. But we as human beings have. I've got to quit here. I could go on. But here's my whole idea today. My challenge to you today is love the cross. Enjoy the cross, but go beyond. Press on toward the high mark of the calling which is in Christ Jesus, Paul says. Let God build you, build you, move you, change you. Maybe on Easter Sunday or whatever, you come here with an offering to God—a burnt sacrifice, the whole burnt sacrifice. And God, you chatted with me, you talked to me, you opened my mind, and I will do like Solomon did. Solomon was so 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 excited about the whole thing of who God was. He, there was two sacrifices: one in the evening, one in the in the morning. That were required. But he offered a thousand. Where are you? Where are you? I think what God is saying to us today is He's calling us. What He's laid on my heart is He's calling you to become sons of God at your work, in your homes, for your children, for your grandchildren. Show them there is a light for your neighbor. Let Him. Move through you. Right? Maybe this Easter. Maybe this Easter. God, the Holy Ghost. You know that the Holy Ghost walks amongst us? Okay? He walks amongst us. Where is he right now? Is he standing beside you? Is he, is he going like, listen, I'm telling you something. Is he going by you? Is he touching you? Because my story is my story. But he wants to make your story great. All right? Is that all right? You're okay with that? All right. We got to shut her down. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.